Good morning, sports fans, bettors, and cappers, and welcome to the weekday edition of the Competitive Edge podcast. I am your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterell, and thank you all for joining me here today. This podcast is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about results from yesterday's games and wagers before diving into today's betting slate, and we cap things off with our betting card through our Last Call Pick segment, sponsored by Last Mountain Distillery. Now, we had a good night last night. We got a loaded slate for you here today, so we got plenty to get into. But before we do, we also got to talk about the folks over at Bet99. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and MLB. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile, and the mobile app can be downloaded from the website's home page. Now, depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to use so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 with their live chat option. So go to bet99.com today to make an account. To get started, use code SHOOTERSON, and uh, please gamble responsibly. You must be 19-plus years of age to do so. And if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. We also have the Saskatchewan number in the ticker down below. Always have that here on the show. Do not want to promote problem gambling in any sort. So let's talk about yesterday. It was a three and two day for the show. Unfortunately, due to how we distributed our units, it was a losing day at, I believe it's about a half unit yesterday, but still three and two as far as the picks go, starting with UMass plus six versus Colorado. We even said yesterday that we thought UMass had a shot at winning this one outright. They went out and delivered that one. Portland minus one and a half late last night in the NBA. Unfortunately, the Trailblazers lost by two in that game. Nashville picked up the money line victory over the Islanders five to four. The Rangers lost in overtime to the Seattle Kraken. Unfortunately, we've just had a lot of bad luck with NHL overtimes recently. I believe our last four games that have gone into overtime, we've ended up losing. So hopefully we can flip that trend really quickly and start gaining some profit off of that. But then Green Bay versus Tennessee over 41. We hit on that bet 27 to 17. Um, It wasn't the prettiest game that you'll see for a football game. But nonetheless, Tennessee goes out and they deliver a victory on the road in Lambeau Field. Ryan Tannehill threw for 333 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Derrick Henry had 86 or 87 rushing yards on the ground. But getting Traylon Burks back in that offense was major for Tennessee. He had seven catches for 111 yards. Christian Watson went out. He scored two touchdowns 
coming off his three touchdowns the week prior. Given that I have that Christian Watson offensive rookie of the year, I play. I'm hoping that he can keep delivering, keep scoring touchdowns, and maybe backdoor win the rookie of the year in that regard. But I'm not going to hold my breath on that one. Now, as far as other headlines go, the only one that I wanted to touch on yesterday was in regards to the World Cup regarding Senegal, because we found out yesterday that Sadio Mane will not be a go for Senegal in this tournament. Now, I still think that Senegal are a pretty solid side. I, I said before that I think that they have a, a good back line. I do like their goalie in uh, Mendy, but losing a guy like Mane, I, I would consider him a top 10 player in the world right now. And when you're a team like Senegal that was already in a bit of a tougher group, you know, there is a couple of quality sides there. Um, and I don't know if Koulibaly, Cisse, and Diallo at the back is going to be enough for them to win. I question what they have uh, goals-wise in this tournament. Now, this is major news for everyone else in this group as well, because Netherlands, we still expect them to win this group or at the very least qualify. But anytime you have a host nation in there, it throws a bit of a wrench into the plan as well because they tend to perform well, even though Qatar is probably the worst team in this group. They're going to open up against Ecuador, who's the team that I think will take full advantage of the Mane injury and potentially advance in this group. So this is going to be a fun one. Group A, it's going to get started on Sunday, and we'll see how all of these teams fare. Now, daily slate of games, we have a lot happening today, not on the ice, but definitely on the court and we're going to touch on a lot of those games today. So before we do, let's play the video. All righty, so let's get right into it, starting with the Miami Heat and Washington Wizards tonight. Now, this game line is sitting at minus one for Miami. Now, over underline has held strong at around that 218 mark. Now, as far as injuries go, looks like no Oladipo, uh, no Tyler Hero either. Bam Adebayo is a game time decision and not a lot of injuries on the Washington front, just DeLon Wright. So what do the trends say about this game? Well, Miami, they're just three and 12 against the spread this year. They're one and four against the spread as well on the road this year. Both teams are 5-5 five and five in their last 10, so they're playing okay basketball heading in. The key for me, Miami has won four of the last five head-to-head matchups, and in the majority of those games, they went over as well. So I would keep an eye on this game. Won't be playing it, but it could be a fun one for you out there given these numbers. Now, Charlotte, they're taking on Cleveland. Cleveland are minus, they were minus nine. They're now minus eight and a half for this game. Hornets should get Gordon Hayward back. He's a game-time decision, but no LaMelo ball and still potentially no Jared Allen tonight due to illness, but he's a game-time decision. The Cavs, they're 8-6 and six overall and 8-6 and six against the spread as well. They're also 4-1 and one against the spread at home. So Charlotte, they've won just one of their last 10 games. These two have split the last eight matchups, though, which is why I'm fading this game. The under has hit in four of those last six as well. So if you are looking for a play in this one, you might lean the under. Now, Milwaukee taking on Philadelphia. It would probably be easier to say who isn't, who is playing for Milwaukee than who isn't because Drew Holiday's game time decision, no Wesley Matthews, no Chris Middleton, no Pat Connaughton, no Joe Ingles, potentially no Grayson Allen, 
So we're basically saying Giannis versus the Sixers tonight who don't have James Harden. Milwaukee there, 10-4 and four against the spread this year. Philly, 7-7. Seven and seven. Now, both of these teams have won uh, in their last 10 games. They've gone above 500. Milwaukee, though, they've won eight of the last nine head-to-head matchups. Just with all the injuries, I don't know if it's worth it diving into this game tonight. Indiana, they're minus four and a half, taking on the Houston Rockets. Uh, the over-underline sitting here, it was 237. It's dropped to 235 and a half. And I think a big reason why is people would realize that these teams like to go over in their last six matchups. Five of them have gone over. Um, so it's one to keep an eye on for sure. Indiana is nine and four against the spread this year, four and two on the road. Head to head wise, though, they've split the last 10. So I do expect that this is going to be a bit of a higher scoring game. I just don't like the 235 and a half. And I don't like the kind of juice that Indiana's getting on the spread either. OKC, they're taking on Memphis tonight. The Grizzlies, they are minus six. Uh, over is hit in five of the last six head to head matchups. Now, both of these teams are 500 over their last 10 games, but Memphis has won seven of the last 10 head-to-head. OKC, though, has been one of those profit teams for you this year. They're 10-5 and five against the spread, and they're also 6-2 and two on the road against the spread as well. So might be a look at the OKC plus 6.5 today. It is always tough, though, wanting to go and bet on some of these lesser teams in the NBA. Now, Orlando, they're taking on the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls are sitting at minus eight and a half right now over underline at 222 and a half. Now, Orlando, they are below 500 against the spread. They're six, seven and two, and they've only won four of their last 10 games. And on the Chicago side, they're even worse. They've only won three of their last 10. They're also two and three at home on the year. Chicago, they have won three of the four last head to head. But they're also one and four against the spread in their last five and one and five straight up. So this is definitely a fade game for me. I'd like to believe that Orlando should cover that, but they are a bad team in the league. So it doesn't we really don't know what side we're going to see tonight from that group. Then you got the Dallas Mavericks. They are minus eight and a half taking on the Denver Nuggets. They were minus six when I looked yesterday. Looks like no Jokic for Denver who's dealing with covid. And then they are six and eight against the spread. But this doesn't say a lot because the Mavs, they're three, 10 and one against the spread this year. They're one of the worst teams in the association. They're also one, seven and one against the spread uh, in their last nine. They've won six of their last 10. The Nuggets have won seven of their last 10. Now, Dallas has won three of the last four head to head matchups. So the trends do say that they do have Denver's number. I just can't get myself to go and bet that spread, especially now that it's at minus eight and a half. If we were closer to minus five, I would take a look. But with no Jokic and a steep spread, I just don't know. This game's a bit too volatile for my liking. Now, Boston, they're taking on the New Orleans Pelicans tonight. They are minus three on the road. Both teams are eight and seven against the spread. They're both nine and six over under record as well. Boston, they've won nine of their last 10. The Pelicans have won six of their last 10. The under has hit in the last three head-to-head matchups, two of which Boston won. So I would tend to lean a lower-scoring Boston victory tonight. But their offense has looked so impressive recently that at 227 for the over-under line, I really don't trust it. So I'm going to stay away, but I would love to tune into this game tonight. Then you got the Phoenix Suns. They are minus two versus the Utah Jazz. Uh, Phoenix are nine and five against the spread. Utah are 10 and six. 
One thing to note, though, about Utah, a lot of those against the spreads were early in the season. They've come back down to earth over their last number of games. Utah does average over three more rebounds per game, so they should kill Phoenix on the glass tonight. But both teams, they've won six of their last 10. Phoenix has won seven of the last 10 head-to-head matchups, and they're also seven and three against the spread over that stretch. So I do like to believe that Phoenix should go in and win this game tonight on the road against Utah, but staying away from it myself. Golden State, they were minus five and a half. Now they are minus six and a half. They are just five and 10 against the spread this year, but they are four and three at home. It's more so on the road when they don't show up, but the Knicks will kill them on the board tonight. They average over five more rebounds per game. Golden State, they are seven and three in their last 10 against the Knicks, but they're only 500 covering spreads against the Knicks. So I think this could be a tight game. Uh, Unless we get something special from Steph on a Friday night, then I would just stay away from this game and keep an eye on it on your ticker. And then to cap it off on the NBA side, the Lakers, for whatever reason, are laying minus six and a half versus the Detroit Pistons over underline at 225. Now, the Lakers, they're three and 10 against the spread. Vegas keeps betting them to be favorites, which is why their ATS is so bad. And then Detroit, they're five, eight and two against the spread. But one five and one on the road. So they typically only cover the spread when they're at home. Now, Detroit, they have a minus five shooting percentage differential, which means their opponents shoot 5% better than they do. The Lakers are only minus 1.8 in that regard. Now, the Lakers, they are three and seven in their last 10. Detroit's two and eight. Two really bad teams. But I really do believe that Detroit, they're eight and two in their last 10 against the Lakers head to head. I do think that they should cover this one tonight, but I will not be going and betting the Pistons tonight against my own team, so I am staying away from that game. Now, NHL-wise, the LA Kings, they are taking on the Vancouver Canucks. The Kings are minus 120 on the road with the over-under line sitting at 6.5. Looks like we're going to get Jonathan Quick, who's 6-5-1 on the year, taking on Thatcher Demko, who's 1-8-2, so he has not been great, but... The Kings, they're only four and four when they're favorites this year, and Vancouver, they are four and seven as dogs. But they're over underline. They've gone over in 12 of their 17 games so far this year. So 12 and five on the over. But the Kings, they're seven, two, and one in their last 10. Vancouver's five, four, and one. The key stat for me here, their last 10 head-to-head matchups. Vancouver is eight, oh, and two against the Kings. They just seem to have their number. Might be worth a look if you're looking for an ice dog tonight. I really do like this line for the Canucks. Spoiler of where they're going to be in our betting card. Now, college basketball-wise, we do have a few ranked teams going on front. It looks like Indiana is minus 2.5 against Xavier. They're 2-0 and on the year, uh, and Xavier's 3-0, and but Xavier's just 1-2 and against the spread. These teams haven't played since 07, so really no history between these two. Just the fact that Indiana does look like a really good team. Xavier's a pretty solid Big East side as well. I would lean Indiana, but it is a road game, so it's tough to predict. Then you got Baylor. They are 3-0 and and 2-1 and against the spread. Number five, Baylor, taking on the number 16, Virginia Cavaliers. Virginia's 2-0 and as well, and they're 1-1 one and against the spread. Now, the keynote here is that both of them are a combined 5-0 and on the over so far this year, so the offense has been clicking for both of these teams when they've taken the court. So might be worth a look on the over on this game. Um, it's a stay away game for me. I, I really am intrigued by how this game goes, but 
133 is where the line's at. And Baylor was minus three. They've actually moved now to minus five. So if you're looking potentially for a ranked team at home, that might be worth a look. Colorado and Texas A&M did get added late. Haven't seen lines yet on that game, but A&M is coming off a loss yesterday to Murray State and Colorado a loss as well. Then you got Delaware. They're taking on number seven, Duke. Duke's trying to avenge that Kansas loss. They're two and one on the year and two and one against the spread. Duke, they've gone under in all three of their games this year at minus 22 and a half. Now it was minus 20 and a half. Just can't bet that spread. Would like to believe they can cover it. But without Dariq Whitehead, they are a very different squad. And I don't know if he'll go today. Southern Utah is taking on number six, Kansas. Kansas is minus 22. They're 3-0, and but they're just 1-2 and against the spread. They're also 1-2 and on the over-under. So stay away from this game. Just keep an eye out. Maybe if it's a, a low-scoring game early on, or maybe Kansas comes out flat, you can get a better spread. Just not a line that I love. Texas Southern, they're taking on number 13, Auburn. Auburn was minus 21. They're now minus 24. When they're minus 21, I was actually debating Auburn potentially as a play today. But now that it's 24, it's too steep for my liking. Texas Southern, they're 1-4 and four overall and 2-3 and three against the spread. And Auburn is 3-0 and oh with a 2-1 and one record against the spread over that stretch. And they've got a combined 2-5 and five on the under so far. So a lot of under games between these two teams. So not a lot of offense expected. NC Wilmington takes on number 25, UConn tonight. UConn has moved to minus 18 and a half. They were minus 18, which bodes even better for us. You'll find out why in a few minutes. Spoiler as to why that's good. But I do like this NC Wilmington team. Um, they're one and two overall, but they're one and one against the spread, taking on a UConn team that's gotten out to a good start. But they, these two have gone under in four of their five games combined so far. And then to cap it off, Jacksonville State taking on Alabama, who's minus 20. Bama's 3-0 and and 2-1 and against the spread. These teams are also 3-1 and with the under so far this year, so a lot of unders. And then to cap it off the game of the night, in my opinion, we got UCLA taking on Illinois. Uh, UCLA, they are minus 3 against number 19, Illinois. So UCLA, they're 3-0 and both against the spread and overall. Illinois is 3-0 and and 2-1 and against the spread. They're three and three on the over/under, so really no lean here as to where they're going to go with this point line. But they also haven't played each other since the '90s, so it's tough for me to want to bet on this game when there's no rivalry here. I don't know how they're going to match up, so it's a stay away. But it's a late night. Maybe if you're out having a drink or two, then you can enjoy this game, which is a great segue into our great sponsors over at Last Mountain Distillery because we are about to give you our betting picks with our last call pick segment and before we do let's play the video all right as i said our last call pick segment is sponsored by last mountain distillery which is a family owned and operated uh, company located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country. Saskatchewan's first micro distillery success lies in their commitment to producing high quality handcrafted spirits. Their craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. They do have their holiday seasonal releases out now, including their famous cherry whiskey, chocolate hazelnut truffle liquor, and new local candy cane vodka as well. 
So if you're looking to enjoy a cocktail, especially since it is Friday, it's almost the weekend, definitely go and check out Last Mountain Distillery, our great sponsors over there in Lumsden, just 20 minutes north of Regina here. So let's get into our betting plays for Friday. We got four plays for you on the slate. Really like these plays. And so let's dive in by starting with Moorhead State plus 12 and a half versus Vanderbilt for one and a half units. Now, Moorhead State, they're two and two on the year. But Vandy is also one and two. So the fact that they are laying that kind of juice at minus 12 and a half, I don't get it. I think it's a very confusing line to me. Um, I know that they lost to Southern Miss by double digits already this year. So I really don't think that Vandy is a, a great team. Um, and Moorhead State, their losses are to Indiana and West Virginia. Yes, they're by a decent amount. They're both by double digits, including, I mean, I think the Indiana one was like 35 points. But I think both of those teams are far better than what Vanderbilt is. Indiana's ranked in West Virginia. They'll be in and out of the rankings a lot of this season. So I'm staying away from Vanderbilt altogether. I really love this number for Moorhead State. A chance for them to pick up a win potentially even over a program that's in a big conference at the very least. So it might bolster their resume a little bit come March. Then I really like NC Wilmington plus 18 and a half versus UConn. This is a one unit play. Yes, we're back on the Wilmington train after a tough loss the other day, but UConn blew out three far worse teams than Wilmington. They were all by like 30 points. I think this is a good letdown spot for UConn because they are at the tail end of the rankings. They're only the 25th ranked team. It's a Friday night game, which is always odd in college basketball. (laughs) That's typically when we see the Ivy League. And so I think Wilmington have a lot more to show than they did against Oklahoma. I think they'll cover tonight and it'll be a bit of a tighter game. Maybe a loss by 10 or 12 points, but I don't think that the UConn will get all the way to the 19 number that we don't need them to. Then I really do like the Vancouver Canucks money line tonight versus the LA Kings. Uh, it's minus 105 for one and a half units. The Canucks, they're 8-0-2 in their last 10 head-to-head, as I mentioned earlier. So I can't bet against them as a dog today because the trends tell me they should win this game. Just feels like a good spot for Vancouver. They're at home. They're coming off a win against Buffalo as well. Uh, I don't think that they're as bad as people say they are. I think they blew some leads early in the year. They're not a great hockey team, but they're certainly not one of the worst in the league. And I think they'll show that tonight when they pick up a win against the Kings, who have been rolling so far. And we're finally going to get Thatcher Demko that second win this year. And then we don't have the, uh, the ticker graphic for it. But final play is Oklahoma City plus six and a half versus Memphis. One unit play tonight. As I said, OKC 6-2 ATS on the road. Memphis is going to have no Desmond Bain. They should get Jaron Jackson Jr. back, but he's not in great shape yet. He's going to need some time to get back into the flow of the season. Plus, Shea Gilgis-Alexander has been rolling, and I believe that until he shows that he has an off game, you got to ride with Oklahoma City. They do a great job of covering, at the very least, as a bad team in the league. So I like them to cover tonight on Friday against the Memphis Grizzlies. But I appreciate everyone who tuned into the show today. Might do a show tomorrow just to get some of our World Cup bets out. If not, that's why you need to go follow us on all of our social platforms at HedgePod. We will post a graphic at the very least of all of the bets that we like for the World Cup. Uh, We talked about some of them the other day, whether it's Portugal future bet, maybe Uruguay going on a bit of a run as well. But there's a few that we like. We're going to put them out there for you. 
And if not, then we will see you on Monday where we'll have some World Cup for you as well. And we'll see you guys on the next episode of the Competitive Hedge podcast.